Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lambkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lambkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, everybody? It's another wonderful Sunday, and you're tuning into Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain the cannabis laws so that you can change them. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Tom. I'm a cannabis lawyer out of the middle of nowhere. And today, we're going to tell you that Bernard Freeman won the Mars Hydro MH150. So congrats to him. Check out Mars Hydro's products and also Homeground Cannabis Co. If you want any more on that, you can visit our website at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, and then there'll be various things you can get involved with that but you know if we can help you out in getting into the industry uh, let us know of course today we have big news stuff about interstate commerce maybe it'll go somewhere jeffrey Hoffman, a camp lawyer out of new york is also joining us and we're going to do an ask me anything uh, type of segment the new thing to give props to our members because our members they kind of fuel my youtube ads which is nice anyway let's get into the show Oh, Miggy. Okay, hang on. Uh, Miggy, I think you need to dance for the audience. Good. If, if Miggy's all, dancing uh, for uh, the audience, it, uh, it should really help. Well, what happens when you get three stoners in a room? You get a late show is what you get. Uh, <coughs> yeah, and then like a birthday party, and then my, my family just keeping me there, just talking, and, and then I'm like, I, I got to leave. You know, but, At least we're on the right day. Ah. Of course. You know, it's, it's, it's important to be on the right day. It's important to be in the right uh, you know, court very often as well. You don't want to be in the wrong court on the wrong day. It's oh, a shit. terrible day for you to explain to your client going, what? I'm, sho- I'm just as shocked as you are. Fortunately, it's never happened. But, you know, uh, it can happen sometimes. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Hoffman, thank you for joining us. Info at 420jurist.com. Uh, can you explain uh, who you are to the audience and introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. My name is Jeffrey Hoffman. I'm an attorney in New York City, and I have a law practice here in the city which focuses entirely on cannabis and the emerging regulated industry that we are slowly but surely grinding out here in the state. Cool. So do you guys have storefronts? Are there is there a store that you can go to to go buy weed? Or? Not, not legally, but they are everywhere. Um, I did a walk down Amsterdam Avenue here on the Upper uh-huh. West Side from 110th Street to 80th Street. And there is literally an illegal dispensary 
just right out in the open selling cannabis every two blocks. Is it a brick and mortar or are they all mobile? Brick and mortar. The mobile, they started seizing. They figured out that if you don't have a mobile vending permit, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can't be vending on the cur- at the curb or on the sidewalk. So okay. that's what they're doing now. But yeah, there were tons of those. Um, but yeah, there's still tons of storefronts. Uh, uh, as, the- as good as any dispensary I've been in in any other state, perhaps not quite the selection, um, but uh, full-on cannabis dispensaries operating illegally without a license. Absolutely. But those, those yep. storefronts, though, they uh, uh, are they under the medical premise? Then <clears throat> they or? are not. There, there are medical stores which are wow. operating a hundred percent legally. Um, but then basically, you have stores that were, uh, for the most part, part formerly bodegas. And they have either turned at least half, if not the entire storefront that used to be a bodega here in the city um, into a, a cannabis dispensary. <sighs> that's crazy. Weed bodegas. That's such a neat. Con- I mean, that's New York in particular. New York, But you're in New York City, right? I am in the city. That is correct. Cool. So the 646 area code. I learned that very early on because people, you know what they were doing. They're calling us over at uh, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. We are really looking forward to getting our New York uh, pin dropped. But very quickly, we're becoming more of a consulting shop in the sense that we don't, I mean, there's an aspect of the legal work that is comprised of the application, mostly only really uh, the corporate formation and documentation that you would have. Uh, And then even then, because there's this whole you know, cottage industry of franchises and or realtors, which they don't practice law. They just fill in blanks and forms. Uh, so now the, my flagship product is being like the manager of a company, setting it up, including its capital offerings, and then also the um, financial decks that they're going to need to be able to tell what the net present value is after they're operational. Mm-hmm. Most people can't calculate it. Um, and then how do you how do you price these offerings? Uh, it, how many of your clients, when they come in, they've just made up the investment numbers. This guy has this much percent. That guy's that much percent. Or it's because of the statute saying that person must have this much percent. You know, do you really have any rhyme or reason when they come in? Uh, it, it's really uh, directed entirely by what you just reviewed, right? If you're going for one of the licenses that the application's open for right now, um, at least 51% of the entity has to be held by folks that we call justice involved. Yep. And at least one of them has to have 30%, right? So that's and it. Soul I mean, that control. Yeah. With that and, and soul exercises control. soul control. Correct. So right. uh, even with 30%, which is fascinating, right? Um, fascinating. The, uh, yeah. Don't the, tell the uh, minority shareholder what to do. That's right. That's right. Um, but it's, it's all dictated by that right now. Right. Um, Because that's the only license um, where new entities are happening. Right. So the other two licenses that they've been giving out are the conditional cultivation and conditional processing, which you had to already be in the state's hemp program to do. So this this license Mm -hmm. that we're doing right now is the first one, um, you know, that I guess you would say is de novo, so to speak. And uh, it's uh, totally driven by exactly what you said, the 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 legislation dictating how much someone has to own of the entity you know the the talking about new york i'm just, just thinking about how there's people already in business right now if you're brick and mortar right and then these people are issuing licenses the, the government the people in charge of the rules right are issuing out these uh licenses and i'm i just think why 
haven't they worked with the people already having shops? You know, Oregon did it right. They said, okay, if you're a medical, here's a clip your sign right now. Yeah. I mean, I get. Uh, so oh, so there's a whole host of issues to what you just discussed. So uh, I guess first off, the medical here in the state, which we call ROs or registered organizations, will eventually be able to do adult use. Each of the entities that is currently doing medical in the state will each get to have three dispensaries. The timing of that is completely up to the Cannabis Control Board, Tremaine Wright uh, being the chair of the board. When It's up to them to decide when those entities come in and how much they're going to have to pay to do so. And there was just an article in the Times saying it may be as much as $20 million. Uh, of course, the ROs want it to be a much smaller number, but that is going to kind of dictate how that works. The other stores that I'm referring to, the stores that are doing non-medical, the, the one every two blocks when I yeah. did my walk of Amsterdam Avenue, those stores are operating 100% illegally. When the licenses are given and when uh, licensed adult use stores open, it, there's a 100% chance the government will enforce against these stores that are oh, open sure. now. 100%. And it, it won't be criminal, I, I hope. I, I, my actual well, hope is that they'll just no, write the landlord. Out the phone. Yeah busted for tax evasion yep. so it is a crime to not pay your taxes and i'm not the uh, cfo of these fly-by-night non-licensed dispensaries which are doing a bang-up job by the way yep. uh, i haven't looked at their books and records i have no idea if they're doing accounting i have no idea if they're paying taxes i have no idea if they're complying with irc 280e especially as a retail operation for the cannabis industry yep. uh, all of these things are yep. quite important um yeah yeah well don't I, go ahead man I agree 100%. I, I just, again, we, we've had a sea change about cannabis, I think, in our society writ large and finally here in New York. And mm -hmm. I think the, the will of the people is a reset button. That's just my kind of read on it, right? And I, there, there is absolutely no enforcement of anything as far as the state is concerned. Now, you mentioned 280E, How do you the get IRS, that the federal government. What's that? Go ahead. How do you get that to, uh, toothpaste back in the tube? So you're like, we need yeah. to do this regulated. Yep. You're not regulating. You're, you're just doing it. Yeah. How but, do you change that then? Because now you already have like a horse that's out of the, the barn, you know? And, and this is the concern that most of us in the legal profession and I think plenty of other players elsewhere have is that they've really let it go on for very long. Right. So we had a real problem. Uh, just how things uh, the run of show, if you will, in legalization here in the state. So the legislature forced through uh, legalization. Uh, you get there was a debate on what would the bill look like? Would it be a more uh, business bill, which is what the former governor Cuomo wanted? Or would it, would it include a regulated industry, but also have a significant component uh, related to the social and economic equity things that we do see in the law that got enacted? The legislature won. Um, they passed the law when Cuomo was at his weakest during his Me Too moments. But then for the last six months of his administration, he never appointed the members of the Cannabis Control Board, right? He didn't so, care. So you not only, it's not didn't care, he was anti-cannabis, um, much like our current president. No priority, a.k.a. We did can, not care. Yeah. yeah, We can unpack that all you want. But so the problem was, is you had six months. So cannabis became legal March 31st, 2021, when the law passed, and Cuomo said, okay, fine, you, you can have your law. So it's then legal to possess and consume with no place to legally purchase. And you went six months with Cuomo, still as governor, when nothing happened, zero. Fortunately, when Governor Hochul, the lieutenant governor, became governor, she immediately appointed Tremaine Wright, members mm. of the Cannabis Control Board, and at least we could get started. Yeah. Still, though, that is now a year ago. And 
to be here a year and frankly 18 months of legal to possess, legal to consume, nowhere legal to buy, the state is now reaping, unfortunately, uh, the foul fruit um, that they sowed from that. And you're right. It's going to be a challenge to get it back in, to force the toothpaste back into the bottle. Well, what's what's going to happen here like in Washington where the people who are making the money that are in part of the regulatory side of the system are going to have lawyers and and develop a uh, a, – Regulation, infrastructure, uh, 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 rules, uh, uh, legislation, that's going to hurt the other guy, right? And so with that, empowering the, 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 the control body with police, you can squeeze those people out as long as – because what they're going to do, they want to move into that neighborhood. Right now, you have people with the cojones to, 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 to say, hey, I'm going to open a weed store without a license in this neighborhood – but also, I'm a good citizen, right? Because what other complaints is this person getting in life? What other the store? What other? There's no issues, right? We don't hear about rampant crime because well, we have all these no illegal- idea how much human trafficking is going on. But <laughs> uh, Arnold Ganjasmoga asks us, "Ask you anything?" Because that's the name of our title today. Yes, ask us anything, and we will especially be asking the members. Shout out to all the members. Thank you so much for you know joining and then tuning in and helping fuel the Cannabis Legalization News Podcast. Uh, and then it's also, uh, we kind of stole that from you, Jeffrey, you know, over at uh, LinkedIn. I've seen you do some Ask Me Anything about uh, New York cannabis laws. So the last 10 minutes of the program, we're going to do an Ask Us Anything. Uh, members get their questions asked or answered first. For example, here's a member, uh, Ronald Collins. And I've just scrolled right past Ronald Collins. Otherwise, uh, I would show his stuff. There he is. RV Valley in need. I don't even know how to answer that question. It's just too inside baseball. But uh, our main story uh, of the day and of the week that I saw was uh, out of Marijuana Biz Daily. Uh, I'm trying to share the screen. And also, that's why I'm fun for it. I got you, bro. Because, no, you don't. Uh, Small U.S. marijuana firms. Okay, there you go. Um, Small U.S. marijuana firms could sell directly to consumers under a new bill. Now, this is an an example of Congress doing things strictly to send out a press release. For example, uh, it is uh, sponsored by Jared Huffman, a California Democrat. Again, they want the price of California weed to rise. How do you do that? You have to make sure that you can ship it outside of the state. And they have entitled it the Small Homestead Producers Act, SHIP Act, which makes me wonder, well, where's the I in that acronym? I, I get the Small Homestead Producers, the SHP, but uh, where's the I? Either way, it doesn't really matter because they say if you are going to be growing and your canopy space indoors is 5,000 square feet or outdoors is up to 22,000 square feet in a greenhouse or one acre, which, of course, for everybody who's keeping track at home, an acre is 43,560 square feet. um, That would then be allowed to be interstate commerce. Uh, Jeffrey, as as a lawyer who's in uh, New York, do you think that'll ever be a thing? Zero uh, percent chance this Congress does anything, right? Zero percent. That's and, where I'd be. And, and maybe the president even vetoes it if it gets to his desk. Oh, I don't right? think he's that anti. Well, I think he's look, way more pro-vote than he I, is anti-weed. Yeah. Look, exactly. So it's too pragmatic. I, yeah. I yeah. have to put in the zinger every chance I get. This is a guy that ran on... Oh yeah, no. He was the do these things. I just I, you predator. Know, be, uh, veto it, right? Go ahead, veto yeah, it. Prime bill anyway. of the nineties, drafted by Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, he's an early part of the problem, but I think also once you have a crackhead as a kid, you kind of realize like 
life is not what you thought it was, right? And and so, you know, one, but also before that whole crackhead thing, the kid was actually a, a decent human being. I mean, still is, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Right. But uh, I, I, I just come at it from yeah. the perspective of it's very rare in our government and our society. One person has the absolute up down on a particular issue that impacts millions of people, like like very specific. Generally, Biden can't do stuff without Congress passing laws. One oh. of the places that he has absolute ability is he could go right down the list. AG, give me a list of names of everybody ever convicted of cannabis crime federally in the United States. Pardon, 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 Actually, pardon, pardon. it's so hard to do that. And, and we can talk about it after this because it is 420. We have 420 somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, it I got. I'm at 420. <laughs> it's 420 somewhere. I guess I should get right. We're, we'll be back right after this important it's your time. break. Hey, everybody! Don't forget to go visit us over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. The, the law blog that I started way, way back in 2018. And then uh, you can fill out this here form, like thousands of people before you to determine whether or not your team is cut out for the cannabis industry. And then if it's not, don't worry, because maybe we'll give you a, you know, a hookup on some homegrown hemp seeds or some Mars Hydro products, because we do have contests. And when you fill that form out, you can be entered into it. Speaking of, you got a winner, don't you? We do. We are going to give it to Bernard Freeman. Thank you, Bernard. You have an MH150 and one of my um, uh, old article. No, it's not an article. It's just an old copy of High Times. They just build up. Nice. I feel bad about throwing them away. I'll, yeah. I'll throw the High Times into the grow light, and then uh, Bernard Freeman will be getting that. So if you're watching, Bernard, you better leave us a comment and be like, woohoo. Oh, <laughs> and then we're going to be in touch for your uh, mailing address. You know, Jeffrey, the hard part for like, freeing the prisoners which is like my number one thing and why people know what I, who i am right like the, if it wasn't for prohibition there would be no uh miggy and tom show it'd be just like some shitty poet and the lawyer that's a banking lawyer right but like shitty poet and banking lawyer the, the, you know the, it would be so much easier to buy ads for that show oh my god we could just promote it so well yeah. but uh, um you know the the legal system so convoluted, and you should know this too, right? Like once you're in, and when these charges that come against these people, it's not the RICO charges and the, the the added charges. You know, it's not like one big Excel file that you can look at and be like, "Hey, this person was somebody that was just trying to be what be called a normal businessman today," versus not a gangster, right? Like we have this whole villainization of like addictions and drugs and uh, uh, the people who sell them, like right part of the whole thing with like the whole party thing, right? They're uh, the artist leader yesterday just talked about wanting to put drug dealers in, in dead. Like there's no beyond that. And so a cannabis dealer would be considered a drug dealer 20 years ago. Right. So we know that it's a very hard and layered topic. It would be so easy if it could be right. Just say all pot cases. You, you That was your charge. Here you go. But like Lance Gore, uh, uh, he got other charges besides just a weed case. Like I was watching the, the, the trial Nothing but cannabis, but like there's layers to his charges to get them even out. So I wish it was that easy for a pen just to be like, hey, if it was like a weak case, because then you could do that. But then it's up to you guys on the outside to, to, to defend and fight for them. Right. Because not many of these guys have lawyers. A hundred percent. So, again, lawyers let's, are expensive. Yeah. Pack it through a couple of things, though. We're talking about those charges could go away. 
it then means if other charges came out of that, that potentially goes away. I get it. If a guy, you know, had thousands of pounds, millions of undeclared dollars, you've got all kinds of ancillary problems. I 100% agree with you. I'm simply saying the cannabis piece can go away and then the trickle down as that impacts everything else in the system. And it, it can be done by one person with uh, and it's, it, it is a little bit more complicated than one stroke of the opinion. He can't just do a blanket for that. You actually have to come up with people's names. So you'd have to go through the process of identifying everyone and all these types That's of things. He just can't say all cannabis. But th- th- this is ministerial issues. The point is, is right. it could be done by a guy that ran on it as a campaign issue, looked in the camera like politicians do all the time. Enforcement. Said, do this. There they, that is completely an article that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, article one is Congress. Article two is the president. And Article three, of course, is uh, the, the courts. And so uh, it is completely within his privilege of his power to be able to do that. He can get a list of all the federal prisoners right now today. And then yep. like, there's going to be in that list. It's not just going to be possession of X. No, it's not. They're going to have layered charges. There's going to be gun crimes in there. There's going to oh, be yeah. other crimes in there. But that one, and if that was used as a, uh, an enhancement, or if they use that to just because, uh, you know, uh, credit default swaps and federal prosecution are similar in the sense that they like to exacerbate the, the, uh, the power that they can bring against you. And I've never done a criminal case, mostly because I looked at it and I was like, that's disgusting. I'm going to go over here where the corporate stuff is. Uh, and, and so it just was easier for me in that, you know, I, I just I couldn't believe how we were treating human beings. And I didn't want that to yeah. be a part of my day to day life. Uh, end of story on that one. But, you know, there is some more news. And uh, that's the nice stuff that we have. We have more uh, federal news, and it's one of the reasons why people tune in. That And to ask us anything, you have two cannabis lawyers and Miggy, who has been an activist, by the way, since day one. We have a banner on this. We do. See? Yep, it's order. <laughs> you can't lie on the internet. That uh, uh, Cannabis activist since day one. Beginning of time, time, time. Since the beginning of time. Wow, that was a good uh, effect on that. Nice way. Nice job on that. So the United States Court of Appeals uh, has, uh, you know, handed down an opinion like they do. Uh, and it says federal scheduling of cannabis, irrational, but not unconstitutional, which, of course, is hilarious because mm. uh, arbitrary and irrational laws can be fine. Those are constitutional. Hey, you at home, you're be- you can be governed by irrational arbitrary laws you better vote this november because oh god yes work you know and um it's a pretty interesting uh, case because these kinds of cases to invalidate the federal scheduling uh have been rife throughout normal's history of course you should totally join normal if you're tuning in i did and it's been one of the better things because they're great people and all they're trying to do is reform the marijuana laws had keith strap on the show before uh, and so this was the second district court of appeals. And they said, you know, it, it's the same old thing. It can't be a schedule one substance by definition. It means to have three criteria, high potential for abuse, no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States, and a lack of accepted safety for use, even under medical supervision. Literally, it is just being denied as you read what this, the law says. And then you see where marijuana is first you go well why are you using this pejorative instead of calling it cannabis but then you you have to realize that congress was able to make that as a regular they are able to find facts you think that you live in this objective reality and you don't 
You live in Congress's reality. And if that doesn't get you to wake up in the middle of the night screaming, you don't understand what it means. Uh, What's the legal like substance of that note or opinion? Like what is the like the where, where, where can I use that? Like if I was going to go to jail or. Am I, am I like, talking it, about legislation or am I just trying to prove a point? Wickard v. Filburn was a case from 1942 about a farmer who grew too much wheat. And mm. uh, it, it essentially kind of um, set the line of how far Congress's power is to regulate interstate commerce. And it's extremely broad. And not only is it extremely broad, it extends beyond objective reality into absurdity and into arbitrary and into like irrational laws. And right. that means that even though we are a nation of laws, those laws can be caca, coop, coo, like crazy pajamas. And we yeah. have to abide by them. Right. Uh, it's 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 but it's scary because then like you have laws like the marijuana laws where you're like, oh, how do we undo this? We can't. Well, even the the the, the legal process, right? It needs someone that has the power and initiative to to to, to actually uh create it right or enforce it like like two parallels going on right now with the the trump uh, uh, uh fair search warrant that was legally obtained and brianna taylor who uh we're finding out later it was all fabricated for that legally obtained search warrant because it was it was a deeper rooted with the police right like there are some bullshit like two things could be true right the the warrants were truly this is a good organization and then at the same time fear cops all the time because they can put you in jail and shoot you like there's these two things that are always kind of the police are the enforcement wing. That's not the letter of the law. And so you you hope you would hope you, you would hope that the rules are fair and make sense. Yeah. But that's not what means to be constitutional. You can have arbitrary, irrational law. And so it's not. And then this is what the moving on into the second portion of this constitutional law segment here on cannabis legalization news, uh, the judges for the U.S. Court of Appeals rejected the defendant's arguments and then opining, which is a word that actually was a backlink to the uh, the, the, the court's opinion. Pretty neat. Uh, I'm going to not dig into the 24-page opinion, mostly because I'm not prepared for that. I just wanted this snippet of it, but I, I like that it's been linked. Um, uh, opining. Right. And that, that is a backlink or a, an anchor text like I did not see coming. The act scheduling criteria are largely irrelevant to our constitutional review because the rational basis test asks only whether Congress could have any conceivable basis, including any marijuana. Any conceivable basis. Any conceivable any, basis. Any conceivable basis. Yeah. I don't think there is one. That is no. complete arbitrary. You can say it's irrational. It's like, what is the conceivable basis uh, under the three criteria? No medical use, high standard of abuse. And what was number three? Uh, uh, no currently accepted medical treatment use in the United States and lack of accepted safety for use. It doesn't fucking exist. And it's right. never existed because I mean, they go, well, let's look back at how the framers wanted this to be in 1783. Well, can we look back at like 2000 years before that as the Middle Eastern area of the planet was using this completely medicinally? But then they put in there in the United States. And the framers were all hemp farmers, as we all love to say. You know, oh, yeah. And they were probably smoking it, too. But, you know. But, you know, that's the thing. It's not like hemp magically changed. I mean, I know that yeah. we've like really um, upped our game on apples and corn and stuff. But it, the, these strains that they have been cultivating for medicinal purposes, 
have been cultivated for medicinal purposes for thousands of years. It's just kind of like, you know what they were able to make back in the Roman days? Wine and wheat. Yes. Can you believe (laughs) that? You know, uh, very similar. But that is the thing that should, in theory, terrify people. That means that that... Congress can find anything. So like Marjorie Taylor Greene is responsible for finding your fucking facts. Well, again, another reason why it's important to vote, right? Because those people's votes are just as important as your vote, right? Like that's the worst day to take off or get that envelope in the mail. Whatever you need to do, just get that one day and just do it because. Because it really does matter. Like they get the they get the power to create the reality in the world that you live. And that's it right there is, but America is an agreement, right? Like we, we talked about how the democracy is just an agreement. Like I don't, I agree not to like punch you on a bus and, and pull my pants down. You know, yeah. these are like things that like, I'm just Those are both socially crimes. unacceptable. Those are both crimes. Yeah. No matter how much beer I have in me, it's not a good thing, but like, but there's also barriers, right? Human doing like, Oh, well he was drunk. So that's our bad, his bad, but we'll let him still continue in society. You know, we have our little checks and balances every day. But this is one of the worst ones, right? The prohibition. It's just something that hasn't helped our society. It's, 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 it's hindered, you know, products, uh, people, uh, uh, families. You know, it's done more harm than good. Like, show me on the doll where it's done any good. That's where I want to see and know. Like, because it hasn't. It hasn't protected lives. Like, we, we take away personal accountability. We take away, like, you got to live your life and you're responsible for the shit that you do. Period. Like, at the end of the day. Everything you've done is at this moment right now. And if you're not happy about it, do something about it. <laughs> it's not weed's fault. <laughs> or no, it is, maybe. It's like, you don't need it every day. Either way, be responsible. I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, Miggy, I'm glad that you were able to share all of that. The next thing that I'm trying to find is just uh, the next story in oh. this. Uh, we had the lead story. We had the irrational story. And now we have a story out of the East Coast that uh, Jeffrey brought to our attention. Uh, earlier, but it it really isn't one. And so it has to do, he's buried in another story, and it's hard to find information. Oh, crap, if I hit that again, I will hang up the feed. Uh, I run several browsers, and I also do all the the video crap. And so um, sometimes when you have the wrong browser highlighted, it will hang up the feed. We've had that problem before. Uh, so the stream says now it, it's this guy, uh, Cape resident Humberto Ramirez is finally back with his home after spending two years behind bars for a non-violent cannabis offense just after New Jersey's residents voted to legalize recreational marijuana. So, Jeffrey, you brought that to our attention. Uh, what is the story of uh, how do I? Oh, well, dude. The H is silent. It's Umberto. Umberto. Okay. Yes, we we call him Bert. Um, So Bert was sentenced to two to seven in New Jersey for six pounds of cannabis, which was found in the trunk of his car. He was sentenced literally two weeks after the good people of the state of New Jersey voted to legalize cannabis in 2020. Um, uh, But the beauty of it is, is the attorney general there uh, issued a directive in uh, not too long thereafter, that um, the, the state was to resentence everyone without mandatory minimums. Oh, wow. So instead of being a two to seven, it's a flat seven, which oh. means when you've done a certain amount of time and you're eligible um, for parole, so you don't necessarily have to do the, the lower limit. 
And that's where Mr. Ramirez was. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, in most states, much like what we were describing before, the DAs in different parts of the state were moving with different levels of alacrity, shall we say, to act based on the attorney general directive. Leaning on them. And, alacrity. Uh, Good usage. Yeah. You like that? And, and um, in fact, originally the judge that they had appointed to oversee this whole thing across the whole state of New Jersey said, this is great, but the AD doesn't have the right to do this, so I'm just not even going to proceed with doing it. Um, they did have to go to court against her and eventually got uh, an appeal that, yes, the attorney Directive, uh, AG directive is valid and DA should do it. But again, where Mr. Ramirez was, was down in Cape May, which is uh, probably one of the most, if not the most conservative part of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really just had to, you know, go proceed with the D. I mean, Mr. Ramirez unfortunately sat there for quite some time without the DA acting, but finally we had to go down there and say, you know, this applies. And if, if you really don't want to do this. We're going to have to get ugly with you and go to court against you, sir. And so finally, I think they said, you know, you're right. It does apply to him. And uh, therefore he was able to come into, into being eligible for parole much earlier than would have otherwise. And uh, he got, came out um, on Friday. Now, New Jersey doesn't have one additional odd rule. I guess it's not that odd for violent crimes, but the rule is, is you have to give, the state 42 days to notify victims of a crime before the person gets released. Um, Mm -hmm. When that was presented to us, my question um, to them was, can you tell me exactly who were the victims of the six Mm -hmm. pounds of cannabis in Mr. Ramirez's trunk? Um, Didn't really have a good answer for that, but they still were going to wait the 42 days. Uh, So the 42 days finally ended and uh, he he came out on Friday um, the 16th. I was down there in Cape May It was just beautiful to see him reunited with his wife. Um, And we're going to do a lot more of that in New Jersey and in New York. There are still nonviolent cannabis offenders, nonviolent cannabis offenders incarcerated in both states. Um, My line is that a state which profits from an activity for which it incarcerates people is committing a crime against humanity. Um, The state of New Jersey is making millions of dollars in tax revenue a month selling cannabis. It can't be incarcerating nonviolent cannabis offenders while it does that. And the state of New York is very soon here going to have a regulated cannabis industry. We can't be having any nonviolent cannabis offenders Hmm. um, incarcerated here either if the state's going to profit from that activity. Then why is it constitutional for the Congress to regulate and find facts that just directly any conceivable basis? Yeah. So the you have to negative every conceivable basis. And I just but maybe it's only because of my personal knowledge. And so like through personal knowledge, do they do we have any voir dire about like Congress's finding of the facts? Like, you know, can we disqualify it? They no. could believe in a uh, flying spaghetti monster. And as provided like that's sincere, it is it is perfect. It is protected by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, mm-hmm. you know, whenever that was. Yeah. It just blows my mind. What is New Jersey's hard on, like in the judicial system against cannabis, right? Like, if someone's trying so easy to, to bust you, it's so easy to win. Well, that, that, but I mean, like, if someone was like the AG willing to, to try and right a wrong, I mean, the, the real right is to kick everybody out and say, okay, we're just going to like start fines and licenses and things, right? Like, th- that's what's going to happen, not incarceration and taking away from your time and family. Yeah. But it, it's, 
someone's going to try and do even like half-ass it and be like, okay, if it's not three strikes, well, you'll get lesser time. But why would a judge or somebody try and stop that? Like, it just blows my mind. No one asked you, Karen, to come to the party. What happened? Like, how? I, I think Karen would like object <clears throat> and then present to you with uh, an invitation, which she may or may not have forged, uh, that says that she was invited and also asked to speak I, to I the manager. Get it, man. Like, that, you're a human being who's actually more of an asshole. It's kind of like the cops who choose to arrest people, right? You're not real law enforcement, you're just an asshole. Like, you're not even, like, a super... Who, who are you protecting? Who you say, buddy? You know? One of those. It's one of those again. Yeah, we can step it up even further. Here in New York, um, the law says all low-level cannabis uh, crimes are to be expunged, and you can go to court and file what's known as a 440 motion for the higher-level crimes to see if there can be any type of modification of the judgment. Um, in a lot of the more conservative parts of New York, the DAs are opposing it. They're saying, mm. well, you know, these higher level crimes are technically still illegal, even though cannabis even is. It's, I hate that. Yeah, no, like, 100%. So you're talking this about like, this is the worst. You've made, yeah. we've legalized it. No, yeah. you legalized low amount of possession and lucrative business ownership. Correct. You have not yeah. legalized the plant. Correct. You have. Correct. Re- like, Imagine if it was only legal for you to drink alcohol at a bar or, or if it was only legal for you to have under your possession limits. Possession limits for alcohol would do more to stop drunk driving hmm. than anything else we can think of right now. And if the shoe was on the other foot and alcohol was regulated like cannabis, what is an ounce? Seriously, like is that a fifth? You are not allowed to have more than a fifth on your person at any one time. Yeah, that would just be hilarious. <laughs> People would lose. They would their lose mind. their shit. Yeah. I am having let's, a party. Let's even, the hell? Let's even go close. Yes. Six pack. The most you could have in your possession is a six pack. But it, take it further. People Getting, would lose. The, would just lose their minds. You need a permit for that party too now. Yeah. You need a permit for that party. That's hilarious. Yeah, you're going to have some people over. You're going to serve some drinks. You're going to have somebody on the radio. You need a permit for that. Yeah. All the alcohol you're going to be having? <laughs> ain't, ain't no logic in reality, my friends. Ain't no logic in reality. That, that's right. That's why you got to, you know, uh, get off your gosh darn boat and go vote, uh, yeah. which was what uh, Wisconsin turn of phrase. It probably doesn't work very well in the middle of America, unless you're in Lake Ozarks. Uh, anyway, one of the things that we like to do, and we should save, we should do another 10 minutes of news and a little uh, name that strain. We've got another federal story for you. Uh, we're going to do some Ask Me Anything, and so I want to save about 10 minutes for that because you got two lawyers on the show today, and uh, there's plenty of comments that are coming in. Members are going to get their questions asked first or people that have thrown us some money. Uh, if you want to get your question asked by uh, one of us or answered, uh, please do uh, contribute. And then right now, we're going to play this the game that you tuned in for, Name That Strength. Please. There is a strain. We would like for you to name it. And um, Miggy, um, why don't I drop off and, and freshen my water glass? Because I've talked myself hoarse. Yeah, I have it, a man. tendency to do that. <laughs> You're good, man. Take a break. Okay. Uh, yeah. You have the access to the notes if you want to, to. Here, let me share some special notes behind wow. the scenes. It's very lovely, little green. If Chad's, in the, if Chad's watching the show, he'll get this. In like Chad's five. watching the show. We all owe Chad a debt of gratitude for oh. telling us what this is. Here, I just I just shared that for you. I'll be right. 
Yeah, yeah. You know uh, Chad Westport, Jeffrey? Have you seen him before? He's I'm a, sorry, say again? Uh, Chad Westport, he's a, 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 a cannabis grower out here in uh, Washington State. And, uh, man, this guy, he's just like a, 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 a cannabis a, a ninja, man. The guy can just – I don't can- – Cannabis Jeopardy? Should be I just don't understand how you can look at a plant and know like the strains and everything. Like, like I'm with that with machines, but not I don't know, biology. I, I smells, maybe I can be like, oh, this smells like Blue Dream or whatever. Are you a cannabis connoisseur like that? Uh, you know, so I don't know that I have the powers that a, a, a sommelier might with there the wines, go. but I mean, yeah, yeah I absolutely. I, I I have been getting high since Reagan. And yeah. every every format, every kind, every strain. I mean, I just I we take all comers, right? It's just I I love I love do, getting high. Do right? you have a source for New York diesel? Uh for sour diesel or well, New there's New York diesel. Like what's when the I was, difference as a kid? Yeah, there was. Hey, what is the? I mean, I had no I idea. had no idea either. I just knew it was really yeah. good. I really liked it. To, to I mean, so, so literally uh, when I was down in Cape May yesterday uh, Friday. Uh, the blunt that I rolled for me and Umberto to smoke with his first blunt out of uh-huh. captivity, so to speak, was oh, sour yeah. diesel. I guess nice. it could be New York oh. diesel because it did come from, I mean, I don't know if it was grown in New York, but, you know, it was handed to me by someone in the state of New York. So I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was, it was uh, legal. Yeah. What's that? So it was legal. 100% legal. Sure. I didn't All right. Has anybody line. gotten it? No. I, like, I just came in. I just wanted to see if where we're I'll at. give a hint. This is not the strain you're looking for. Yes, that's right. This strain is named after Star Wars. There you go. I mean, there's a lot of weed nerds that will just get that right away. It's amazing how, like, uh, branding is a huge thing. And I never really understood, like... I'm waiting for the cease and desist from Lucasfilm. Hey, guys, I got to go get another lighter. Oh, sure, man. All right. We'll we'll welcome you back. Yes, for sure. When you get back. Oh, hey. Sorry, I meant to hit the remove. And that's that is what you're looking for is Cali Connections blankety blank blank. Uh brings together the forces of almost we got a half and SFOG Kush. And so those are the parents, the Death Star and SFOG Kush, uh in an Indica alliance that will rake in both mind and body blank strain name deleted here. Uh, timid aroma isn't fully realized until a butt is cracked open, releasing a complex fusion of sour skunk and tangy diesel, <coughs> uh, dreamy euphoria blankets, the mind and the sensation that builds over time into a bolting cerebral energy. Who is writing this stuff? Somebody Swerving got it halfway. All right. It's it's not yeah. Skywalker. That is not the Sty- Star Wars reference of Kush that you are looking for. <clears throat> no, Swerving got it half. Um, not Skywalker. It is right. close. Uh, it is, I mean, like, maybe, maybe it's one of those deals where maybe it is. Maybe oh. it is. Because, like, like Skywalker is a Jedi, right? <laughs> Death Star OG is the parrot. And so, like, what we're talking about is, uh, it's not Han Solo. Is there Han Solo? Star Dog, that'd be great. But no, um, that right there, and I'm going to take that right there off, is uh, an example of Jedi Kush, which, why wouldn't right. that be? Skywalker Kush is is Jedi Kush Skywalker Kush? I don't know. Uh, maybe like because I'm not all that deep into it, and I'm also not on the West Coast. But uh, I've heard of Skywalker OG, and that's that's an OG Kush right there. And Death Star was its parent. So definitely, uh, what do you call it? Not not a um, 
Uh, not a land race, but what's the other one? Uh, heritage, hmm. heirloom. Heirloom, yeah. Land race, heirloom, we're not talking about today, but we are going to have a, a new webinar coming out here in about two weeks, how to fund a cannabis license. And so if you're on our email list, you will get that. Uh, I can also share a link to this in the comments and uh, tune in. This is the, the <laughs> webinar for you if you want to run your cannabis company like a hedge fund. We're going to be talking about private equity capital races. I know it's just the most exciting thing you've ever heard. The jar far. So Jeffrey, how what was like the uh, argument you used? Like, so you were part of like helping get uh, uh, that gentleman out, right? Yeah. So like, I his wife's name is Brooke, and the way the story goes is he was rotting in jail. People were banging on the door. I was at the MJ Unpacked show at the Midtown Hilton in New York City, and Brooke and her mother and several of Umberto's friends were out there. You know, just as cannabis people came out, like, hey, this is what's going on in cannabis world. Do you guys care about this? Do you want to help? And like, so I stopped and I said, tell me what's going on. And they explained. And I said, dude, we're getting him out. Mm. And that's what we went and did. We went and found a former public defender in New Jersey who really knew how to squeeze and knew her way around, um, you know, kind of the judicial and the, the prosecutor scene in, in, New, in New Jersey. And yeah. we just crushed it, right? We yeah. and connected with the DA, and we, you know, just I think made it clear to him that it was in probably, you know, would prevent a lot of headaches for him if he would just do what the directive said, right? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. but I'm glad that you have the ability to, and then being a lawyer is like being a part of a network because lawyers work in settlements throughout the uh, area that is the practice of law. And unlike doctors that might do a residency in their particular segment of your body for medical practice, that don't exist as a lawyer. You could do divorces one day and then you could do litigation the next. And then suddenly you're doing um, securities law or you're doing criminal law or personal injury. Hey, they are all over the map when it comes to these types of practice areas. And I don't have that experience. If somebody came to me and was asking that, I'd be like, let's let's get some help for them. Let's get give me something to, to call or something. But I'd have to start bringing in people because I've never tried to do that. And so you reached out to your network and you found the right person that is going to be able to put them in a position to get out. Uh, and that's really important. you know. And I don't like this whole why isn't that built into the law? You know, you're going to undo it. Can you imagine if they freed the slaves, but they didn't tell them? That's kind well, of me. You know, it's like, well, should we give them notice of this? You know, we're going to free them. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. But a lot of them are still like stuck in there. Should we just like keep them in there? Or should we like, you know, tell them? Uh, well, this would be a good lead into the, the, the defense story, right? Because oh, we're still yeah. going against this ignorance. The Fed. The Fed. Yeah. Recent federal ignorance from the Department of De Defense. The Defense Department warns that hemp, granola, and CBD hand sanitizer can compromise military readiness, which uh, is shockingly reported only two days ago on September 16th of 2022. This is from <laughs> Kyle Yeager out of the Marijuana Moment. And so it's it comes back to this tweet from the U.S. Air Force Material Command with the plane emoji, need that, blue checked, you know, they're verified. And so the Department of Defense prohibited substances, hemp balms or CBD tinctures. These are, these are prohibited, even though they're completely federally legal. And that was the tweet that they sent out. And they had to spend some time on this, right? Okay. They did this whole website. 
the, the military is an expert in, in, in dumb shit when it comes to cannabis, right? Like, or even like drug treatment overall. Even though you're the the fighting force is definitely an essential thing. You've I've seen more good people lose uh, their service because of popping on a pee test from smoking a joint a month ago or whatever, versus uh, the guy who's raves and does MDMA just because it's out of your system in three days, right? Like these guys are talking bullshit about CBD. They're afraid CBD because they're going to lose good soldiers because <laughs> you, some CBD does you will test hot, right? Like the whole. Uh, decarbonization in the body and all that other stuff. Like you know, I I'm not a scientist, but I played one on the internet, and your your body does shit to the internet. Uh, I thought I saw you on like scientist internet. You know, what that's saying? a good podcast. Hey, shout out to scientist internet podcast. <laughs> if it's not a thing, it should be, but we are one. So we are actually one of the number one cannabis news podcasts. If you go and you Google, hey, I, I want a cannabis news podcast, we'll come up. And if you put in the word legalization into that search query mix, we'll come up with a bullet. Uh, and so then you could take us wherever you want to go, uh, but there will not be images. So you can't see this amazing picture of an ama- of an authentic Air Force Material Command uh, blog post that says marijuana use is the leading cause for a positive drug military test, uh, accounting for 78.7% of all unique drug positive <laughs> results among Air Force active duty members. This is according to the status of drug abuse in the Department of Defense, FY 2020 drug testing statistical report and analysis period. Site source. And then also site percentage. And then, duh, it's the leading drug test. I mean, like it's legal in like half the jurisdictions. Why wouldn't they be testing positive for that? And isn't that kind of a good thing? Wouldn't it be like terrible if meth was the leading drug test for like military members? That would be messed up. Are we testing them for alcohol? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Are we testing them for alcohol? What percent tested positive for alcohol use in the past month? Anyway. They don't even know. If it's the base rates, base rates in America would be 85%. Well, in the military, they only know the incidences, right? They only know when the fucked up shit happens when it comes to alcohol. But like with cannabis, it's a random bullshit test that catches these people. So actually, you're not catching anybody. So maybe it's about time to rewrite the rules overall, right? Like recently with the goddamn uh, uh, we call supply chain issue uh, with the truckers. We lost 56% truckers fell over cannabis that came back from the pandemic. Like Maybe it's time to fix the fucking rules, not the goddamn plant, but the rules. You know, lives are being ruined over this damn prohibition. Not, not you know, it, with the military worries about readiness, fucking fix the rules because that's what's happening. It's not these people are being caught doing bad shit and slacking, right? We're we're still feeling this Reagan, Nancy's zero drug. They used to sell just high times. No. Dude, you just say no. Binary thinking is for the 80s, like complexity is for the 2020s. Uh, you know, back then, living in the 80s was so flipping easy. Life was a light switch. It was either on or it was off, and things just made sense like that. And now you're in you're in 2022 and nothing makes sense. Things have never been like this before, and you're just kind of confused and you're like, well, what are you talking about? And so you have to like get more information. Uh, Speaking of more information, that brings us to the end, pretty much, of our show, except for two federal lawmakers study of impact of cannabis growers. It's more federal news. Uh, More than that, I wanted to get to the Ask Us Anything segment of the show. So if you guys have been watching, and thank you so much for tuning in for about an hour, uh, now uh, we'll we'll take your questions. Questions that already come in, by the way. Uh, And so we're going to scroll up 
form from those to see what members have asked questions. If you're not a member, consider joining. Uh, we're pretty much demonetized, except for the membership. Otherwise, we'd be saying we'll be asking uh, our Patreon members what's going on. One day. I mean, like that's all you, buddy. You keep following up and build up. One day when I quit my day job. No, you can never quit your day job. That's one of the things that people have to realize in life. You can never right. quit your day job. What's popping as what TWP popcorn? Who is a member and what's popping is DWP. That's what's popping. Uh, or DWC. Uh, do we have any other real questions? Anything new in Texas? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this drug tests happen. And so like the drug test aspect, I see that in Illinois still where people are like, oh, you know, I got fired for drug tests. I'm like, yeah, the way that we wrote our law here is actually like pro-employer. So they're able yeah. to say they can have a drug-free workplace. Are they able to say that drug-free workplace includes not drinking? Mm. But that's the problem. I mean, you're not catching anybody that's a bad employee or a bad person, a bad worker. You're you're just catching somebody who's trying to uh, have a good time on their Friday night, and and you're judging their off time. You know, because I mean, you can tell if somebody's under the influence of something. It, you know, you wouldn't hire that person, right? Or if I if I had a coworker and had to work with them, you you'd be like, oh, this person's. Very methy today. Maybe I should like tell HR and like we can figure this out. I don't know. That, how, why did you understand what meth? Why could you recognize meth? Well, I'm just saying you see someone doing weird things and you're like, hey, there's something going on with this person that's supposed to know their job, right? All right it's but not weird. Any, any, uh, you see any cool questions coming through? Or There was a bunch of, in the beginning, you know, and these guys scroll too fast and talk throughout the whole What's thing. What's outside the world? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we should have somebody like, we need a third Shotting person. Them down. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the thing. We, uh, but you know, this is what you get with two guys and one mic. Bootstrapping, that's all right. We'll get the money raised, but um, it takes time. And then Illinois shit the bed almost as badly as New York is currently shitting the bed. Just they're they're pooping one out right now. Uh, there's so much more work to be done if you allow the industry to come into your state than if you don't allow the industry to come into your state. So there's tons of work going on in New Jersey and and Michigan and and Oklahoma. And then they get saturated. New Mexico's got a lot of work going on and they don't have many people. You know, the, uh, the importance too, like Jeffrey, how long did it take you for that process? So it's a good, the legal process is so convoluted. Like, you know, and I think most people are ignorant of the parliamentary process and the fact being some of the shit that's going on today, I like to watch uh, Midas touch. Uh, and, and these all these lawyers talking about like the constitutional shit. To me, that's a like these are the rules and process that we all agree upon. That's kind of like the backbone of what we do. You know, like if we don't agree on shit, then you know that's that's the thing about regulation and canvas. We're just trying to be law-abiding citizens. You know, not uh, uh, some sort of like cartel gang members. That's not even a thing. But things get perception-wise. You know, uh, fuck that. Yeah, but this is a good question. Uh, and so, like, just keep keep stroll, scrolling for the, the good questions. This one, Hemp Lord asks, THCA flower becoming popular in south, southern states. Is it legal at Miggy420? Um, uh, Miggy, southern states? I mean, been in the state, though, right? Like, but it's this is, this is becoming hot. And so, like, this is one of the first videos that I did almost, like, three years ago or more where there was some um, uh, medical-grade hemp 
or cannabis that I bought from the dispensary back before I think it was legal for me to grow my own medicine. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it, it came out to be THCA of like 24% and THC of 0.29%. So technically it's hemp because the only thing that the state looks at is THC Delta nine, according to the statute, but then all the federal regulations say total THC because they aren't completely idiots. And so like they make it so that they are the, this is an example of administrative overreach. Where is the administrative overreach? And so like, when does the administration start creating law? And so if the law says X and then the administration goes X plus Y, uh, is that, is that within their purview to be able to do, or have we not had those those Captain Cuckoo Bananas found appropriate facts to be able to regulate the uh, commerce in this? Uh, and so that's that's something that you see very often in these, and that might be an example of it. So you see the THCA, the Farm Bill says Delta Nine, that's the text of the law. That's what the law says. That's what the courts have interpreted when it comes to Delta 8 and get granting Delta 8 protection. Would they also grant protection to THCA? What about, the, like, in Tennessee, a state that has no law, the, the workaround that people have been doing where is it taking that CBD shit and turning it to Delta 9. Like, that's why I worry when, when, when people want to, like, talk about, like, is this part of the plant legal, Delta 9, cannabinoid, whatever, Man, again, not a scientist, but I played one on TV. You know, I just know a lot about the plant and and, 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 and how to, like, interact with it. But when I learned that it could change, you know, you decarbonization and all this other, like, chemistry change that happens when you put it with alcohol and stress, you know, you get hash. This It's hard for me to say, yeah, it's legal because by the time it gets in storage and, and sits in storage and gets tested later on, did it turn to Delta 9 later or did it decompose and turn to CBN? I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a good chance that shit, it's a plant. It does organic things that... Uh, uh, it denatures. Plants, yeah. uh, it denatures. Yeah. I, 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 it's kind of hard to say. That, that's why the law is behind on this, because we have this law that defines uh, you know, the, the good and bad, right? Hemp, marijuana. But yet, hey, I can make Delta 9 out of the goddamn other one. So what's the point? <laughs> well, that's it, it gets back to one of those top stories that we had. And again, this is where I remind everybody to don't forget to likes and subscribes. And if you found this mildly entertaining, uh, drop us a comment. Uh, but then it, it, you know, you're being ruled by, by strange systems and laws that are the divorced from, uh, you know, objective reality. And, sure. and, and then there's money and then you get money into the mix Talk about being divorced from objective reality. Give somebody a million dollars and see what they think of themselves. Uh, and uh, all of these factors are at play when we write the laws and when we enforce the laws. And so that we got it completely wrong when it comes to weed. We shouldn't be too shocked. But then what else are we just completely missing the mark on? Is right. weed not unique? Are there other laws that are out there that oh. we're completely butchering? And we just are just fairly generally unaware of that psilocybin psilocybin very possible yeah, i like yeah. how scott r answers his own question how close is idaho to legalization <laughs> we got a question from uh yep uh whoops good hit that again uh i think this is more how do i get about getting a license for growing cbd and making products out of a, that cbd and sell it legally in tennessee you know it comes to a business plan right a lot of this fundamental like legalization and being part of the 
the uh, the, the regulated side of things is like, okay, um, I need land. Like, do you have the money for land? Uh, uh, do you have the seeds? You know, this you is all shit on you, right? With like CBD, you need a buyer. And it's like, do you, how, and then so, if or, licenses are unlimited, if you are going to say, make your state Oklahoma or make your state Michigan or make your state, make your state a market, uh, do you have a buyer? And that's going to be a very important question for hemp farmers, including all the types of hemp that currently are considered marijuana uh, at, at the end of the day. How do you move your crop? I mean, you can do it both ways, right? You could have a buyer, like like you're going to have an investor that says, okay, you have farming experience, let's do this, right? Because that's the only person I get my money to if I was going to invest in hemp. It'd be someone who has grown experience, not a, not some dude out of college is like, hey, I got a vision, right? But then there's also the person who has a vision and says, all right, I'm going to try and grow this in this land that I have that I can do it in and then harvest it and then try and look for a buyer because, again, it's just a plant that you can grow if you had the space and time. And energy, but again, fucking growing's hard. That's why you pay for southern. That's why you. Yeah, but get but the burger you made. have to understand um, CBD and stuff like that. You need to have a buyer, and so if you if you can sell THCA flour, great. You're going to have no problem with buyers because now you're just essentially selling wheat. However, uh, if you're just doing CBD flour, uh, that's one of the reasons why Delta Eight flour is so popular. That's one of the reasons why this Delta Nine gummies are so popular. It's because those they have a ready buyer for. You can put them out into the retail, and then they'll just sell on the internet. But if you're just going to bring down like acres of biomass as CBD, uh, why? And then like you might get seeded, and then you're sitting there on all this oil, and the oil can't move. You know, I've seen it all before. Yeah. What is this this HB forty seven ninety nine that Arnold Ganjasmoke is asking us about? Uh, I believe that it is actually an Illinois question, and so uh, HB forty seven ninety nine will pass legalization of home grow. Acknowledges a right versus. Do you think it's a privilege for people with a medical cards if they just have? And so this would allow for medical home, not, not medical. This would allow for evidently uh, adult use home grow. Do I think this will pass? Maybe. Do I think that will pass before the election? No. Uh, and so there is an election in November. Welcome to America, where one thing that you can do is vote. Your voting actually gets to set the reality that you inhabit, which right. is really messed up. People are like, oh, I'm not going to vote because I don't ever, my vote will never matter. Well, it just sounds like you have depression, bro. Come on. Your vote's totally going to matter, uh, especially if your guy wins, because there's some people that are going to be voting. Uh, and then they're going to be running. And these people, like, you wouldn't want to trust them with your house if you had to leave for a week. They might be running, like, the objective reality laws. Yeah. So you should get up and vote here. Your vote wouldn't be important if gerrymandering wasn't a thing, right? And all the other shit that they well, do. gerrymandering wasn't a thing, there might be an industry in Wisconsin. Do you uh, think Missouri will pass in November, guys? Ah, uh, that's a coin flip on me. And so, like, if jury, if new, if Missouri passes in November, it will be very pro-business passage. And so, I it, like, well, I'll bite the bullet and take the money for that one. I would still be getting my bar license activated in Missouri and putting a pin down there so I can help uh, Missouri stand up uh, because Missouri is so much easier to get to than New York. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, I hope that uh, Missouri legalizes it in the way that they want, uh, the way that they have it on the ballot this November. Um, 
is very pro-business, but not necessarily pro-open market business as much as it is limited market, big business. Uh, businesses that would exceed the middle market size of two to $50 million a year. And that's something that people are very upset about. The governor came out against Missouri saying that he wants a more New Mexico style. So like, Jeffrey, how do you think New York's going to shape up? Is it going to be big business like Illinois or maybe if Missouri passes? Or are they going to have the small market like a New Jersey or a Michigan or a Maine? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be the latter, I believe. The law says you can't have interest in multiple licenses except with exceptions and of course we lawyers love exceptions but generally well, I, I love it, but then you get you can get your set and so like in illinois it's three and so i can get you can get your set and yeah. then you're like, i'm maxed you know like have well, a diverse ecosystem yeah that's true um, also very little uh verticalization right which really mm. throws a spanner into it there are those that argue that you know you have to have verticalization for the businesses yeah. to be able to be successful and others argue, no, if you actually break it up, then you let multiple people eat at each value chain and you, you Why get is a that truer, a thing? It's, get a it, truer it market because it's, you get a yeah. truer market because truer. you don't want one person sing. I'm oh, no, no, no. Yeah. my thing. I'm just saying that yeah. what they're saying is that if you have one person governing, growing it, and a different person processing, a different person selling it, mm. you have specialists in each of those capabilities – Right. And they squeeze the most out of it. You have a retail expert doing retail. You have a processing expert doing product. I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh no, I agree. No, I know you're cool. These, yeah. are the, these are kind of the discussions of, okay, why, why one way, why the other way? I, I think one of the things I've at least heard New York talk about is they want lots of millionaires, not a few billionaires. Tremaine Wright, right. who's the chair of the board here, has in fact used that language before. If they want but that, they need to go vertical. Because that's the business model that allows it to do to well, happen, well, so, and like so with the, the, the federal prohibition, is- like with the the tax, like so, like running a profitable dispensary becomes very difficult, and 100%. running a profitable brand becomes very difficult, and so you could absorb that more with the direct to consumer, like the Apple or the the Tesla style, where yeah. you can have your own store. Yep. But then you have to be able to move your product directly to the consumer because otherwise you see this in Croptober. Welcome to Croptober. Yeah. 12 days from now, Michigan. Good luck with those plants. Right. That's uh, right. And then it's not just good luck, Michigan. Good right. luck with those plants, right? Yeah. It's uh, not so, just that. You know? so, yeah. the, there is a vertical license. It's the micro license, right? So what they've done is to exactly what you, you your whole the, – the beginning of the question was big or little. And so what they've done is they've incentivized go mm-hmm. little – because we're going to let you be vertical. That's the thing. So it's exactly well, they what they're Well, they issued a license. That's my question. Like, Because like the micro license doesn't get asking? issued in Michigan. It doesn't really get issued in it, Massachusetts. It'll 100% be issued in New York. 100%. Well, I hope so. 100%. I got some guys now, that want to get that license. We're still waiting for the regulations as we are for all the standard licenses. You get right now, we're just the two conditionals and the one for people with the cannabis conviction or cannabis arrest that got you convicted for something else. That's it. All the rest of the licenses, which is going to be, what, 97, 98% of the licenses, uh, we still don't have regs for. Um, whenever they drop regs, it's like four months, five months before you could open an application. So, I mean, you're beginning to look at, you know, from the language they've been using, they're saying we'll have the regs for you by the end of this year, which means these licenses would be middle of next year. So, How long has yeah, it been legal in New York? I'm sorry? 
March thirty first, twenty twenty one. So twenty twenty one. It'll be just past the two-year anniversary when they open up the application for the standard licenses is kind of what they're projecting now. Mm -hmm. Regulation is like watching a highway be built, right? Like for like years here, we got a highway going on. They're like, when is this construction going to end? Now I'm fucking seeing the actual bridge and the roads and stuff. Uh, We got two questions that I think are kind of the same. Uh, Chris Ferguson asks, uh, uh, will Tennessee uh, uh, legalize soon? And the other one is... No. Uh, uh, yeah, Jennifer asked if you think Kentucky will legalize. No, but, next. <laughs> unless, But unless someone in those states take the initiative, yeah. right? Like, they have to create these bills. They have to yeah. bribe the people and bring the money in. I mean... So, well, one of the things is, is yeah. I don't know those states. So, for example, New York, we yeah. can't vote on it. So the first two states mm. and many of the states that have legalized have done it through the people. They they had a referendum and the people voted on it, right? That's how Colorado and Washington started. New York, and only half the states can do that is my point. New York, we can't do that. The only way legalization could have ever happened in New York is from the legislature. Now, the legislature could have said, let's put it to a vote of the people. But here in New York, we, the people, can't go and get signatures and have uh, something put on the ballot. So... That's exactly right. And that's how come Illinois did it. And that's why it takes so freaking long because yeah. they can't do it. But then I, I got to uh, I don't really like Eminem. I, I like Gucci Mane. <laughs> Some random shit, man. Hey, uh, I got a question from Ford New York. They say uh, the, the newest campus commission sent them a reply. It discourages multiple applications and the commission is intending on giving everyone only one license this round. Yeah, they I've also seen- said it won't be a raffle, though. Huh? It makes no sense. So I've seen Tremaine Wright speak on this a bunch of times as well. Her language every time has been, we know the law says you can have three. How about this? Get one. Show us you can do it. Show us you can operate profitably. Mm. Show us cannabis is not walking out the back door, et cetera, et cetera. You know. Get another and, one. And we'll talk. And we'll be, the, the, your regulator has a – if you show you're a good licensee, your regulator would rather give you another license than get someone they have no experience with. So that's the, that's the roadmap there. I mean, like, are they looking at the alcohol at the back, at the back door? I mean, this is so pedantic. Look, well, look, so this pedantic. is going to be the big thing. The big thing, I, I, I'm sure it is in other states too, but in New York, the big thing is going to be people under 21 not getting cannabis, cannabis mm. not walking out the back door to the black market or the yeah. legacy market. We know that, you know, legacy market should be huge. The Whether or not New York succeeds, whether any state succeeds is whether or not the state makes the legacy market a partner rather than a competitor. We'll see if that happens in New York. It hasn't happened anywhere else yet. California is probably doing the worst job of it. We'll see how, where New York wants to be in the continuum, how Badly, probably, or possibly neutral would be great. You know, good would be fabulous, but who knows? <laughs> but um, we're so much further, though, yeah. man. I mean, like, so much further than what it was. Oh, it's it's going to be well, a well, well, look, long yeah. takeoff of this legalization because yeah, we're already perfect. talking about regulatory crap. And so now imagine you have federal regulatory crap. That stuff, that comes, that, that moves at a sales so pace. Possible good news there is that maybe it doesn't happen in our lifetime. I don't know. I mean, just. A little happen. Will it? I mean, parties move back. Hold on. Parties move back and forth. People decide different things. I mean, what I don't see a divided government of any nature, right? So it would have to be where we are now, where the party, I don't care what your political leanings are. There's one party that would move cannabis legislation, one party that doesn't. That's just kind of facts. Anyway. What is medical going to be seen by the powers that be? That's right. Veganized. 
you well, know, so you're let me never going to get anything. I talked to a lot of medical people here in New York, and frankly, a lot of them aren't so excited about medical being federalized because then the insurance companies are going to tell you who you get your cannabis from and which cannabis you got. I mean, it's just right. Yeah. I mean, it's this is what is. I mean, so yes, it will pay for people's cannabis, people that can't afford it, right? I just that uh, in 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 some type of normal system, right? Could, could you imagine Medicaid Medicare paying for cannabis, right? But the flip hmm. side of that is then, like like people are concerned here in New York, the government then just like to do in every other part of medicine because they're paying for it, telling you how it's going to work and what what's going to what's going to happen, right? Concern. We'll see about that, but that's one of the nice things about the future, and most of it is still tomorrow, which is always nice. And and you know, I wanted to thank all the viewers that came in, and then the people that actually asked some questions, and then also Jeffrey for joining us. Uh, you know. One of the nice things about being a cannabis lawyer is when there is a vibrant market full of clients that you can help because there's thousands of licenses in the street. And I hope that you get to there one day and that you're licensed to practice and you can help those clients. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, uh, having a, a, a good market in your state. It's been it's done wonderful things for Colorado, for Oregon for you know, Washington State, uh, for Michigan, uh, Maine, uh, Massachusetts. That's where a lot of these operators um, are coming out of. And then the ancillaries and then also the service providers. But, you know, will New York make it there? Maybe. Uh, Jeffrey, how long do you think before you're in that land? Uh, it's not necessarily milk and honey. It would be weed and um, what are weed extracts called? Weed and vape pens. What, what is your point of demarcation exactly that you're interested in? Stores opening or what? What? Which? Uh, like you, uh, there's a thousand license holders in your state. A, a thousand license holders in a state. So right, uh, adult use. Yes. So right now there are close to three hundred. So we're mm. a third of the way there. There you go. So a thousand, uh, probably into middle to end of next year. Nice. We are uh, substantially under that in Illinois. I mean, if we do best case, best case, we are at uh, 171 growers. Okay. And then uh, those growers, and then we have 110 plus uh, 185, so 295 uh, dispensaries. Now, these are all, like, I've just maxed out all the craft growers in Illinois, which yeah. has not happened. Uh, plus, also, uh, there'd be another 50, so we'd be at not... 295 325 dispensaries so we're still sub 500 and there's okay. no plans for any new ones okay yeah is, is it weird to me that there's like a i'm just realizing now it seems like there's been a throttle on legalization right like when it comes to like licenses limits you know what i mean like why limit how many i mean i know that you want that it's my fiefdom thing but in overall thinking why is this acceptable to have a, a limited and so I don't think an arbitrary limit, which certain states have done, and we won't mention which states those are, um, but an arbitrary <laughs> limit, I think, creates artificial scarcity, uh, which creates all kinds of unbelievable problems. I do think there is something to be said. And again, you know, just what I've heard New York talking about, they, there's no limit in the law. Uh, the Cannabis Control Board is the entity that is empowered with how many licenses will be given. It's totally up to them. Um, they can even create new licenses. Um, but they have talked, the folks that I've talked with and when, you know, um, seem to be talking in a market response, like let's, yeah. we're going to issue a bunch of licenses. We are going to issue a bunch and yeah. then we're going to see what the market does. And if there are still lines 
down the block at some dispensaries, clearly that means we need more licensees in those places. And if there's play, you know, use this kind of power to help the market be beneficial. If there's problems with supply or demand or price or any of these things, use market mechanisms to help things that we do. This is the normal things that our societies use uh, to keep things from going completely haywire. So I think that's not a not a reasonable way to approach it rather than some arbitrary limit like we're going to have 10 dispensaries in the city of new york and yep. good luck whoever wants to pay the mayor or the governor whoever um, somebody's bribing pay. somebody on that That's one yeah. there you go right yeah. whereas if it's going to be more like okay are there lines down the block in dispensaries in manhattan if yes that can you share i love that there's some great hemp providers that are out there that make a good product and they can go directly to their customer they can say, go to our website. You can buy all of our yep. delightful products. That's what it, really what I like to see is to see a, a farm which can have its and the, the farm can get its products you know, taken in a dispensary. But then they also have the ability to go direct to the consumer. That would be a micro. So get, do a mic and the, far, the farm could be in a, in a building here in New York City. It doesn't have to be a traditional farm that people are right. thinking. Let's look at the P&Ls right? in that farm and because uh, yeah. you know, like. What's that? It's 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 agriculture. It's not couture, and so like uh, we're we're trying <laughs> to move about that. products. No, there's I, I see them in Seattle. There's buildings out I'm here not that sure have... I agree with that at all. I think yeah. in some places it's absolutely couture, and it's going to be unbelievably control climate. Con you know, the guy that says I want X percent CO two twenty four seven. I want X percent of this light at this time. I mean, it's a yep. completely. Oh no, that guy exists. Not and I'm, I'm trying to put him out of business, you know. I mean, like I just crash the price and be like, no, yeah, I hear you. No, like yeah. he's trying to sell strawberries. I'm just selling yeah. strawberries. I, you know? you. Uh, I feel <laughs> it. I, I'm just saying that is you. You know, I guess good luck. That's just, to my knowledge. That's a huge part. It's going to be a huge part of the market here in New York City. I know tons of people that, uh, you know, were legacy market that are just going to go crazy. You know, they're, yeah. they're already, they're just, we're still waiting for what the grow regulations will be. These are the regulations that I'm telling you for. And this, they, they know as soon as they see those grow regulations, every grow room they have is going to shut down. They're going to rip out whatever they have that isn't to code. They're going to totally do those rooms to code. They're Here's my application, sir. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's what's 100% going to, but the point is, is within some limit of back to the, I, I like the tangent there, but the, to your point about, uh, a farm or a facility that is going to be growing and then being able to go direct to the consumer, that is the micro. Now, we don't know what the limit is going to be. Is it going to hmm. be an acre? Is it going to be 100 lights? Is it going to be 5,000 pounds? What's that? Like, I, I would go with a, a harvested quantity, but a like 5,000 pounds. A dry yeah. weight, a dry weight harvested quantity, mean, right? When, yeah. when, do you, when do I weigh it? When you cut it or when you dry it, right? Or you no, when it, you ship right? it. Like, you know, it's I, a dry yeah. weight basis. Like, you when know, I, your, when, your materials, yeah. When either the when either the the processor or the distributor shows up at my door and gets it, right? I guess it's going to have to be the processor here in New York. But anyway, yeah, that's fair. Okay. We weigh it then and, and there's a number. All right. You get a yield. That's that one of the nice like things. A, I, I vote in favor of your amendment to the bill. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when you're making up all these models and stuff, like it's agriculture. And so you have yields, yeah. you have output velocity. And then like when you're in the retail, you have like foot traffic or other metrics that you can use to like it's it's garbage in, garbage out if you don't have comps. But like I'd be making models using comps out of um, you know Washington State because they publish all the fucking data. It's great. And you can just like look at it and be like, 
oh, this is this is everything that's moving. OK, this is a similar segment. And like you could kind of swap it out. But um, no, like the 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 financial models that I see for dispensaries, especially on the East Coast, especially in New York, New Jersey, garbage, you know, like just garbage. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it the te- all most financial models in the tech industry are garbage. This is not oh, yeah. cannabis. I get there's a certain uh, hyperbole or. You know, asymptotic goes to infinity with yep. uh, the cannabis industry. But where are you getting these numbers? I want to be rich. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, that's fair. This is this is what I need to retire in ten years. Is, yeah. No, that was somebody's dream that I crushed, and I don't mean to cut off, Nikki. Go ahead. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, what, well, no, I'm just think about how just the legalization, though. Because uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. The 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 finances side of like the business side is is kind of bullshit for the most part, right? Where you know, especially a lot of these uh, 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 people who have offshore accounts and shit like that, then create their firms or whatever case uh, uh, when the money's not questioned. But think about like the markets themselves, like recreational market, the the thing with the law abiding citizens, so people don't get arrest me. And then versus the traditional market, like there's always going to be a traditional market because here in Washington State. There are people who who are making their money, right? You, you, there's a certain amount that they just want to live with, right? You, you you know that's the whole point of doing a thing. Uh, uh, you're you're like making X amount of money now. Here in, in the state, there's a lot of people who, not even in the medical side of things, they have their customers and they have their business. Uh, there's a gentleman I know who who passed away, but he at the same time had enough living that he bought a house, uh, paid his bills, and was able to pass that house on to his daughter or whatnot, right? Like, like like a normal person would, but no one ever knows what he did for a living because it was all cannabis related. You know what I mean? Like, there's that's the part with the like the laws not being able to like have enough licenses because they didn't realize the demands out there. Because p- people who are good at this job of growing it and selling it, nobody knows who they are. You know what I mean? Like that was the whole point of this like outlaw bullshit. But now the hard part's like letting people know, hey man, come on out. You just got to pay the. Twelve hundred dollar fee to well, start I mean, your grow. It's easy to figure out who they are. Bring down a crop. Yeah, uh, but depending harvest something. Yeah. We have a winner. Yeah. And that happens every few months. I mean, I got. I'm really stoked or, to get back to the. I mean, I this this yeah. Well, I mean, the, no, the veg cycle that I'm on, and so like I was able to clean the grow room. Uh, which is so, so very important. Thumbs ups for a clean in the grow room, everybody. Uh, and then, uh, so now I'm going to start doing some low stress training and I'm just going to bend the, I'm not going to top it. I'm just going to let it kind of run and like spiral it at nodes just to see what it turns into. Like if I could like keep the canopy pretty even and then like, in a, so there's not like a main bud, there's just buds. Nice. Yeah. Like How's draping. that not couture? <laughs> uh, it's it's agricultural best practices and processes. I mean, like you know, we're we're here on the farms. Yeah. We, we just don't get <laughs> Well, you can't have like a ten foot plant, right? You're trying to like shape it to like a nice. You wouldn't, level. you wouldn't have a ten foot plant, but like how how tall will it get? Like how many nodes? And so this is something that you could do, and you can Google like how many nodes does a typical cannabis plant of that particular genetic have, and then so you would know like when it would stop, and then you could scrog it. So that you get the maximal mm. capacity of, uh, you know, a harvestable. Make it look like a menorah. Square footage. Yep. Make it look like a Medusa head or something. <laughs> we got more questions? I don't know if we have any more questions, but we have definitely talked to ourselves out yeah. of a half hour. Uh, somebody did ask a pretty interesting one. Uh, the thing is how conservative Jeff Bezos 
not as interesting as the other one. Uh, this this one with why not drones dropping straight blunts or bricks from the sky on you. Also not as good as this one. How heavily is growing of tobacco regulated? I don't know, but I guarantee there's regulation involved. You might need a license from the USDA, perhaps. Question uh, and, and then you're going to have regulations in the processing of it. Yeah. And so as you are turning that tobacco into a cigarette, I know that there are rules that you have to follow, mostly for standardization. These types of rules will be coming for the cannabis plant as well. But wouldn't the question be how, like, is there a limited license to the tobacco regulation, right? Like, you know, just parity. You know, that's what you're trying to get a little, because I bet you there's not. I know I could order goddamn Amazon tobacco uh, plants on Amazon. So... Hmm. You yeah, crazy shit. Upside down, man. The up is down, down is up. All right. Well, um, <laughs> my tobacco plant. Alexis, order tobacco. I don't. We don't. Oh, you don't have Alexis. We don't do Alexis. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Plus, it, you, headphones. Man, don't don't do the Alexa. We're Google family. Google, yeah, thank you. Continue to send the checks. Google yeah. within a ten degree range of where he wanted the temperature remember the very no, yes but i don't i don't i don't i don't see any uh tobacco seeds for sale on uh amazon i looked it up before because I, I had an issue about homegrow when uh, i was trying to help out with homegrow here oh really yeah like i was already i was able to order something tobacco growy stuff you get tabasco it's kind of like this <laughs> all right well uh wrap this up uh, jeff how could people like find you on the internet if they want to get in touch and they need some help in New York getting their application ready or, or they have a regulatory concern or zoning even, you know? Yeah, beautiful. So you can find me at 420jurist.com. Um, that is the law practice. And for folks specifically in New York who've ever had any legal issues with cannabis, we've got a website, newyorkjustice.org, which talks a lot about the expungement and if you've got folks still dealing with cannabis issues, either incarceration or, like you said, expungement or the crimes that aren't getting expunged automatically and need 440 motions, we're dealing with it there. So that's really the big stuff we're working on these days. Got to get everybody's record clean and any nonviolent cannabis offenders currently incarcerated home. That's Heck nice. yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate everybody that is a member of the channel. Uh, we'll try to have better tiers. Now, if you become a member, we'll answer your questions on the air, especially at the Ask Me Anything uh, aspect of the show that we're going to try to start ending the programs with now. I mean, I used to try to do ending the programs with How to Cannabis. Uh, ask me anything. I think it's just a little bit more participatory. And then it gives people a reason why they can uh, join the show as opposed to like, I'll give you a shirt, man. I might, but then I have to like mail shirts out. Boy, that a handful. Oh, that was fun. And, it uh, was. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's throw it to them, and we're gonna, and also the members. They're on the credits, and so we're gonna roll those. See you next okay. week. Thanks. Ooh, ooh. All right. Oops, oops, oops. Brown chicken, brown.